0: Welcome to 360 Conversations. This is a podcast featuring powerful conversations with female thought leaders, experts and founders. We will be digging deep while sharing experience, insights and tips for busy Generation X women seeking ways to strip back, simplify, live intentionally and create space for everyday joy. I'm your host, Tamu Thomas, founder of the 360 brand. Welcome to episode 37, where I'm joined by Ruth Poundwhite. Ruth is a writer, podcaster, heart-led entrepreneur, creative business mentor, and a huge introvert. We talk about how Ruth has built a successful business and is pivoting into another successful business, all while being an introvert and allowing her natural characteristics to be her guide we touch on other things such as former limiting beliefs that have become strengths about being the main breadwinner in a family system well in a culture where although we're talking about flexible working and we're talking about gender equality we are still living in a society that is framed in very gendered roles we also talked about creating your own luck and privilege And about dispelling this concept that being grateful means that you shouldn't want more. And talk about working and living to your own personal capacity and how fulfilling that can be. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with Ruth. Yes. I'm going to use that word again. It was a really nourishing conversation. It was very affirming for me in places. And um, I think Ruth got some affirmation too, because we live in a society that says that success and being an extrovert go hand in hand, when actually there are lots of people doing big, bold, badass things in their own quiet, revolutionary way. So without further ado, here's today's episode. Enjoy. Hello loves, welcome back to 360 Conversations. Today I am joined by the lovely Ruth Poundwhite. Um, A couple of episodes ago I did a, um, I had a conversation with um, Ellie Trier who talked about, or maybe it's on our website, I can't remember, but talked about being a quiet revolutionary now, if there was ever another quiet revolutionary within my network, um it would be Ruth Poundwhite. Now, mm. um I was on Ruth's podcast, um I can't remember when, and we had a really wonderful chat, and I felt really bad because I don't think I gave Ruth <laughs> the opportunity to get a word in Edgeways because she asked such wonderful questions. I had so much to say about what she was saying, so I hope I am going to be doing the same, not me talking all over the shop, but giving Ruth the opportunity to say everything that she needs to say. And um, Ruth, for me, has a really interesting story um, in that she created a successful writing business Um, which was successful in many ways, financially, in terms of her being able to do work that she loved and believed in, etc. And then she changed tack, she's doing something new. And uh, it just made me think, wow, if it was all successful, if it was all going away, why are you changing? Mm -hmm. Um, And that just goes to show, show success changes. Another thing that um, I love about Ruth is that um, she identifies as being an introvert and does business in a manner that suits her and her characteristics, personality, and there's, I don't anyway, get a sense that she is forcing herself to conform into a more extroverted version of Ruth Pound white, because that 's what we 're taught being out there is all about, and before I hand over to Ruth to introduce herself and tell you guys a bit more about what she does, what Ruth has done for me has given me permission to be who I am because although i I love talking. I can talk in a room full of people, an auditorium full of people, and feel totally at ease because I love it. There are many, many elements of me that are introverted that I didn't really realize, and sometimes I would chastise myself. And in reading Ruth's work and having a good old nosy around her website, I realized that there are many elements of my personality that are quite introverted. And guess what? That's okay. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, I am going to hand over to Ruth herself. But before I do that, I would like to say, hey, Ruth, welcome.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. I know that we booked this absolutely ages ago. So thank you for your patience. Um, For people that haven't come across you yet, please could you share a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Well, firstly, thank you for that really amazing intro. I loved it. Um, And yeah, so what I do is a little bit of a lot of things. Um, I am, I guess, firstly, a writer. I started out as a freelance writer and built that up as a business. And now I'm a podcaster and a business mentor. And I'm giving myself permission at the moment to sort of figure out what it is that I love to do. But right now, I'm just loving having honest conversations like this and when you came on my podcast and I I just I really enjoy getting to the deep issues and I mm. suppose as an introvert that suits me very well the small talk not so much but the deep stuff yes that's what I love
0: absolutely and <laughs> a note on small talk small talk is one of the areas in which I learned that I have you know, we're never just one thing. You're not just an extrovert or an introvert Mm. or whatever. And I know that there has been, I've read things about people being ambiverts, which is a bit of both. I think we're all on some kind of spectrum. But Mm. small talk is where my introversion manifests the Mm. most. I like deep conversations and I can do small talk, but it it depletes me more than a really deep conversation. And I find myself when I'm... I go to events where there's an element of networking. I don't network at all. Mm -hmm. I stick to people I know or I might find one friendly face and stick to that person. If somebody comes over to me to talk, I'm full of conversation, but actually initiating it, I I get the heebie-jeebies. I just cannot do it.
1: That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, to me, from the outside, I would expect that you would and it's really interesting to hear that. And it's mm. kind of it's kind of nice to hear that, actually.
0: Yeah, we're, we're, we're all degrees of something or the other. And yeah, I just I just really don't. Um, yeah, it just it doesn't make my heart sit. It, actually, mm. it's more than it doesn't make my heart sing. Um, it makes me feel anxious. And I didn't yeah, realise yeah. previously that those feelings were anxiety. Um, so, when people talk about social anxiety, I can totally relate because um, I just thought I was a weirdo before. <laughs>
1: but yeah, yeah. We're all weirdos. Oh, I get it. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. That's, that's the thing, actually. This social anxiety thing is a thing for me, for sure. And. It's really helpful to me when people like you who seem really confident in how you talk, it's so helpful to hear that you have it too. Mm. That's actually something I love about podcasting because you have these conversations with people, you get straight into the deep stuff and you figure out that we've all got the same sort of fears and issues. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that everyone has that social anxiety, but at the crux of it, we have the same sort of worries. And I, it's so like empowering to me to hear that.
0: Absolutely. It's empowering and freeing, and it just shows that there is no cookie cutter mold really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So, speaking of being deep, let's get straight into <laughs> it. Um, gosh, I've got i c I've got a couple of deep topics that I'd like to um discuss with you. Um, I guess the first one we'll go to is um being, uh, I, I just love this term that I heard within the space of Ellie Trier I can't remember if she said it but I'm sure she did yeah, yeah. about being a, um, a quiet revolutionary yeah. um so you ha- you created a successful copywriting business and you pivoted into your podcasting um, mentoring business which you are still figuring out and I love. Mm-hmm people that figure out out loud I do Mm -hmm. that and I I just think it's wonderful um how and, and I guess also because we are sold this story that um extroversion if that is a word goes hand in hand with being successful which isn't the truth um how have you been able to cultivate successful businesses or create a successful business and transition into another business which is also successful whilst maintaining your integrity as an introvert?
1: That's a really interesting question. I suppose there's a few layers to it and I will say that I built up my business and it it was a successful business and I'm still running it but it's sort of it's I'm letting go of it a bit and moving more in towards the other side but interestingly as I built it up I was constantly fighting against myself for a long time I was fighting against the introverted side and trying to put myself out there in ways that didn't feel good Mm -hmm. while simultaneously hiding myself because I didn't think that myself was good enough Mm -hmm. um so It's been a really interesting journey and it was only the last few years that I realized, well, I just couldn't do it. And unfortunately, it took sort of earning more money to validate my business for myself, if that makes sense. like Mm -hmm. I couldn't just allow it to be the way it was and be okay with it because it didn't conform to all these external ideas. It was only when I was earning a good amount of money, I thought, Oh well I'm earning money so I must be successful therefore it's okay. Like I wish that I could have just been okay in myself without mm-hmm. the money element but that's just how it went. Uh, um and I suppose that opened my eyes to the fact that I not only could do it differently I was doing it differently mm-hmm. and it was working. So that was really good and the the main thing that what didn't feel good was just it didn't feel like, you know, the ultimate work that I wanted to do and actually that comes from my introverted personality as well because in recently in recent years I've been getting really um self-aware and doing all the personality tests and I know that people have mixed opinions on these things but for me it's so been so useful Mm -hmm. and I've come to realize that it's just part of my personality that I need to do something really fulfilling like money just I mean I like earning money and I want to earn money but it's not enough Mm -hmm. and I suppose when you get to a certain level when the money's coming a bit more easily then you have the privilege and the space to be able to consider what else you want from it like not just the money not just the freedom of time but also like who do you want to serve in like the bigger picture Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's why I've been making this pivot and this change and because I've been really, really mindful, I suppose because I, I do have the privilege of having the income coming in from the other business, that's given me sort of a bit of space mm-hmm. to figure things out as I go. So I know it's not easy for everyone to do it this way if, you know, that's all you're doing and you need the money like straight away. But mm-hmm. luckily for me, I've been able to figure it out as I go and be a bit more laid back about it. So um, always it checking lucky in with though, myself.
0: Ruth? I have to interject. Is it lucky because <laughs> you you created it? Yeah. And even yeah. though you're in a position with your the business that you're transitioning into, even though you do you have the privilege of being able to take your time and figure it out, you haven't. It's you're not walking in as somebody that has um, got a cushion yeah, that has yeah. been made available because you're. Uncle died and left you millions, or whatever. Like you created that. You made your quote unquote luck.
1: Mm, mm, Yeah. I love how you pick up on these words. I think it's so important to reflect on that. And you're right. You're so right. And I do consider myself to be privileged in the situation I'm in, but also at the same time, I have a lot of responsibility on my shoulders as well. And Mm. I am the main earner in our family. And I do have to think carefully about the the decisions that I make. And I did spend many years building my business up to the point at which it afforded me a bit more time away from it to build this new one, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's a really important frame, I think, especially where we live in a world where um, the Internet and consuming information in a digital way, means that, and the fact that the way we confuse, confuse, consume information happens in bite-sized chunks, our attention span is becoming bite-sized and people hone in to particular words that trigger them and then they shoot from their wound or they speak mm. from their wound rather than listening to the entirety and i just wanted to make that clear for people who may hear what you say and hear the word luck and privilege and think oh well it's all right for you i have yeah. blah, blah 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 when actually you have created what you have created which affords you privilege to be able to take it's not really a laid-back approach, but take time to figure out yeah. what you're doing. Yeah.
1: And also, I, that just made me think, um, I've just lost what I was going to say. It's okay, <laughs> my dear. We can have a pause and have oh, a... Oh, I know now. Yeah, yeah I, I remember. So, it's actually really important that you brought that up, because my feeling of being lucky and privileged is actually something that for a long time held me back in making these changes, because I thought... I'm, I should be grateful. I've got this like good business and it's earning me the money I need and it's earning my family the money we need. And it gives me this freedom in life. But why am I not happy with it? So Ruth then I felt a level down of guilt. White.
0: <laughs> Let's go there. Let's go there. Scrap what I had written down. Let's go there. <laughs> the other day. So I've recently started, um, my membership group and um, congratulations thank you very much thank you and um, that thing that you were talking about a few minutes ago about being good enough and needing validation Mm. um, and that you uh, you you conflated success with money money is part of success but it's not everything yeah so my thing about feeling enough It's very much rooted in my West African background, whereby Mm -hmm. education is the thing above all things. Mm. So I still have lots of hang ups about just needing to have education and qualifications Mm -hmm. that are directly related to whatever the thing is that I'm doing. So um, one of the things I'm going to do it, I'm questioning why I'm doing it, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I've talked a a bit about wanting to do a positive psychology master's. Mm -hmm. So I read a lot of stuff. I love academia, full stop. That's it. I love it. Um, I'm not always committed to it, but I love it. So in um, starting this membership group, I think it's really important for me, not just to talk about things I've experienced and I know, but also have some Um, theoretical, research-based. So I read a lot Mm. of academic stuff and this and that and the other. Anyway, what I'm talking about here is I was reading about um, happiness and about what it takes for us to feel happy. And um, one of the things I was reading was talking about um, there are two components to um, our being, which is the physical... Um, and the mental. And that happiness is something that we achieve when we are using 85% of our physical ability and 85% of our mental ability. And that got me thinking about that whole thing about being grateful, um, but still wanting more. Because Mm. some people think if you're grateful, it means if you're grateful, you shouldn't want more. Mm. But I think that is bullshit, to be quite Mm -hmm. frank. And I crafted a post that I shared on Instagram about it because let's take the 85 percent example. If you know that you are not operating to your capacity, and I think maybe the 85 percent might be something to do with to the fact that you can't operate at 100 percent all the time because we're people will be depleted. So if you know you are not working to your personal maximum the majority of the time, you know that there's more out there for you. It doesn't mean that you're not grateful for what you've got at the moment, but you know there's Mm. more. Do you get what
1: I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and that's how I felt.
0: Yeah, and and I I don't think that that is ungrateful. Frankly, I don't think that it is um, a privilege I think that it is a basic human right. Now, I know that the privilege comes in because not all of us are able to exercise our basic human rights, which is slightly different. But when you are not, when you are aware of your capacity and you're denying yourself, that becomes such a heavy burden. Mm,
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. It really does.
0: So um, in thinking about the personal development emotional work you you did yeah I want to know about that what kind of stuff did you do to enable yourself to say I'm grateful that I've been able to cultivate this business but it's not enough like what helped you go from thinking into action
1: yeah yeah well part of it is literally just having my baby and feeling so awful and going through such a hard time that it just all seemed, it seemed like I had just hit the rock bottom and it gave me freedom in a way to Mm -hmm. just rebuild myself and not care so much about what people thought, because actually that was one thing that was really, really holding me back, caring what people think. And I mean, I still care, but I'm able to stop myself from, Going down that rabbit hole, so I can just carry on anyway. Um having my baby also gave me that motivation of, you know, wanting to do something that matters to me because I want him to see me doing something that I really care about. Mm-hmm. And if it's not my business then the way it was, then that's just not I mean, if I have the freedom and I do to change it, then I want to do that and show him that it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, on a more practical level. I mean, I've been doing all this mindset stuff ever since I started my business, except the problem is I didn't realize it at first. Um, and I perhaps didn't listen to the right people. Um, like I said, I was really trying to follow a more extroverted way of doing things and, so I was maybe using these mindset things to try and force myself to do things that weren't right in the first place. So maybe, maybe actually what the real answer is is being able to listen to my intuition more. Ooh, and ooh. probably that also comes from that emotional upheaval that I went through after having my son and just yeah, learning to trust my feelings more and listen to them and be directed by them more. And I it sounds I don't know. It sounds like suddenly I was able to do it. And in a way, I was. It's really hard to describe because it isn't it isn't easy just to think, oh yeah, I'm gonna listen to my intuition more now.
0: Yeah.
1: But it it I don't know. It's really hard to explain because there was this massive massive emotional upheaval and there was, you know, well, there was like therapy and things like that. I've got to mention that because that helps you listen to your feelings. And maybe it's a case of believing in them, you know maybe I came from a position of thinking, oh, well, if I think this, it must be wrong. And that goes back to being in an extrovert world as well and trying to fit this extrovert business model. And going through that, going through therapy, it helps you to think, well, not everything I think is wrong, you know, trust yourself. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I did a lot of I've done a loads of coaching and investing in my business in that way. Mm -hmm. And again, this is something I have done in the past, but it's not been with the right people. So that's really important to mention because it has been with the right people since. And, and that has helped me a lot. Um, just having other people to like bounce back those ideas and just to say the things that you would really say to your own friend, but you can't say to yourself. I don't know. It sounds really simple, but it's really powerful
0: it's it's really really powerful and the power comes in practice so mm. i'm i'm listening to what you're saying about um that it kind of happened overnight yeah or something of uh, of that nature you said mm. mm-hmm. what i have what i saw throughout my social work career mm-hmm. and what i see now is that we don't realise it's it's like when people you think out of nowhere somebody's won the best newcomer award. Yeah. Actually, they might be thirty winning the best newcomer award because they've been recognized by people now, but they started off being fifteen year olds in their parents' garage in that band and
1: yeah. performing
0: yeah. in grotty pubs and you know, little festivals and anywhere they could. So all the personal development work you were doing previously that you were aware of and were not aware of, were training and edging you towards that point where you wake up and think, oh, actually, the penny's dropped.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And again, when that happens,
0: well, um, my experience has been, it's that whole thing about alignment. So people ask me about, um, how do I know when I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Things just move out of the way or move in the way to lead me to where I'm supposed to be. And that also means connecting with people that are the right people for that particular season. So maybe Mm. because you were out of alignment I'm saying maybe what I really mean is because you were out of alignment <laughs> previously you weren't listening to your intuition so you mm-hmm. were trying to because if you think about it from the moment we are born we are within a system that's trying to get us to conform yeah our whole system currently stems from the Industrial Revolution. And the Industrial Revolution, all the systems that were built around that time were built to fuel it. So they wanted people to go onto a conveyor belt that would then work on a conveyor belt um, and create wealth for a chosen few. Mm -hmm. So um, when you start to break away from that, you start to meet kindred spirits, whether they are kindred spirits that hold space for you and reflect back to you, things you're saying so that you can see them with clarity or call you out when when necessary yeah yeah Yeah. um I want to ask you specifically about um you said um about stopping yourself from the rabbit hole of what people think Mm -hmm. what was the either what was the most powerful um thing within Being able to pump those brakes or what were the series of things that enabled you to do that
1: well it's such a hard question to ask because again it's like it's like what you said it's been building up for a long time and Mm -hmm. then suddenly it does feel a bit like suddenly the pennies dropped because there's this kind of I suppose you call it an affirmation like what other people think of me is none of my business I mean, I don't know if that fits the traditional sort of rules of affirmation, but that is something that I heard before, but is now what I, I'm able to bring it to mind more clearly. And maybe that's just a case of literally using it as an affirmation or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, So I am able to bring that to mind and it does, it does help. It's so simple, but it does help. But apart from that, it's just, it's so hard to say. It's, it's literally like, the first steps are the hardest because if you just if if you show up as yourself and you find those kindred spirits like you said Mm -hmm. when you have those people you do care what they think because you respect them and you're but you're in the right community Mm -hmm. I don't know it's really hard for me to explain um um, but the other thing was I suppose there was a tipping point for me so Mm -hmm. On the one hand, there's, you know, me protecting myself, playing it safe, you know, doing the work, earning the money I need, but not really feeling good about it and hiding away. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, there's my sort of, and I suppose that, that first bit is more like, you could say it's more like my ego or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the second bit is like the bigger picture. It's sort of like my, my overall desires, um, in my idealistic nature, whatever, And I don't necessarily think that being idealistic is a negative thing. I Mm -hmm. just want to say that. Um, And there's a tipping point. So it just eventually, the scales just shifted. And I still felt worried. I still felt self-conscious. But this nagging feeling just wasn't going away. It was Mm -hmm. getting worse and worse and worse. And I just got to the point where I had to do something. And honestly, I think I should say that when I started my podcast... um, and I, and I use this as an example because I suppose the podcast for me felt like putting myself out there in a big way. Mm -hmm. Like that was something I never thought I would do yet. I had this idea for ages. When I started that, it wasn't like I just started it and it was fine. I mean, I I had a lot of anxiety in the run-up to putting it out there while I was creating it. Um, and it, it's, it's again, comes back to your intuition because, in some ways, doing something that literally makes you feel anxious, you know, physical anxiety and mental anxiety doesn't feel like it's a good thing to be doing. But I knew for me that it was like Mm -hmm. I was checking in with my intuition all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't feel that anxiety now. I'm not saying I never feel it. I go through phases of it. And I go through phases of thinking, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Who am I to be doing a podcast? But Mm -hmm. it's, some, some fears are things that when you actually tackle them head on, you know, your comfort zone just stretches and they become okay. And, and that, that was the case for me. But I just wanted to put out there that I did feel anxiety from it because I don't want anyone to think that I just decided and it was all fine. Like it took effort, but I knew from checking in constantly that it was worth that effort.
0: Ruth, I relate so much mm-hmm. to what you are saying I, I'm I'm sure I've said it on this podcast before, but anyway, I wanted to do a podcast when podcasts were known as internet radio. (laughs) Um, I don't even know if I'd had my daughter. No, 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 I I must have because um, it was after discovering Facebook and I discovered Facebook in 2007. Mm. But I'm very certain that it was well over nine years from thinking I want to do a podcast to actually doing the podcast.
1: And I still
0: have plenty of moments of who TF do I think I am? Yeah,
1: Yeah. But I
0: love it so much that the love overrides the fear. Or I just get bloody sick of myself and I just think, come on, we're doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know what? That's a good point because I love it so much as well. And that was the thing although I had to have faith during those times of anxiety before I'd actually put it out there, when I did put it out there, I couldn't believe how much I loved it. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just this project that I had this idea for. It was like, oh, I meant to do this. I don't know. It's really hard to explain, but it reaffirmed everything. Yep. But I had to go through that, <laughs> that long period of anxiety to get there.
0: And speaking of... Um, anxiety to get there and I'm not saying by any means that you had any anxiety with doing this but bearing in mind that you had um, anxiety to create this podcast which is a bit like a community project because it's a combination of you doing your own thing but also mm-hmm. you interviewing people and sharing it with your community and that was something that you've just described as um and pretty much anxiety inducing you are now in a space where you are actually deliberately creating community projects
1: mm. <laughs>
0: can you can you tell us about this because you you've got one that is running at the moment haven't you yeah
1: yeah and this brings up a lot of big feelings so the project that i've got running at the moment is called the everyday difference and the basic premise of it is it's me and 30 other creatives or online business owners Sharing the ways in which they are making a difference in the world, mm-hmm. even if it's like really quiet or really small, and we're all co- kind of coming together one day, every single day, a different person is sharing. And well, this brought up all the feelings again. <laughs> like, it's a really, really, although it's about making an everyday difference, it feels like a really big topic to be tackling. Mm-hmm. And it's um, huge, Ruth. I, yeah, yeah. And I've been working with Ellie Trier, who you interviewed on the podcast, because mm-hmm. she's like amazing at this stuff. Mm-hmm. And she she really encouraged me. When I told her the idea, I was like, Oh, but it feels scary. And she's like, Yeah, but that's that's the right kind of scary. And she yeah. really encouraged me. And it's been really interesting running it because like I said, I think I mentioned earlier about doing the podcast and asking all these deep questions and stuff gets you back to all these things that we all share in common. It's exactly the same with this project, but I suppose in a more specific on a more specific topic um I've had a lot of anxiety about sort of hosting it or curating it but a lot of people who I've invited to be part of it have been emailing me their anxieties and like is it good enough what Mm -hmm. I've written or I don't know if I'm really making a difference and then and then we're all going through this process together where we're starting off like really excited about it then we're like hang on a minute who am (laughs) I to be doing this and then the next step is you know, waiting and worrying, oh, how are people going to think? And mm-hmm. then, and then their day comes out and then they're like, oh, I'm so glad that you pushed me to do this. It really got me thinking in a different way. And then, and then the response comes in from the people witnessing and reading and listening. And they're saying, oh, I was really in a place where I was just feeling like, what am I doing? Oh, but you've given me this permission to think that my work does matter. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's, it's this like up and down roller coaster cycle, which basically represents everything in your business anyway mm-hmm. um and and it just it goes to show also that i 'm not the only one who's idealistic, like a lot of us are yes. idealistic, and yes. i think I was asking my husband about this because i 'm thinking about how I describe myself as idealistic, and I was saying to him is idealist is it is it bad thing to be idealistic and he was like, "Well, I think it is used a lot in a bad way, and I was thinking i don't think it is bad for like it can be bad, but it's also quite a positive thing. Like, I think how can you make things, that things happen?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. A lot yeah. of um, thought leaders, movers, shakers, innovation has come from a place of be- of ideal.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that this project is really showing me that, you know, I've got loads of people involved. So we've got artists, we've got bloggers, we've got... I'm just trying to think now. Um, yeah loads of people get like potters um and all the work some of the work is quite you know selling products some of it is just vlogging about day-to-day life it's all really varied but at the heart of it people do want to make a difference and that difference to me and when I envisioned the project that difference isn't just you know doing some work for charity or you know donating money or working in specific subject areas like you know environmental activism it's also just showing up and being honest and being yourself and sometimes voicing something that someone else feels but never could put into words or never could admit and then they see that you've shown up and said it and it just makes them feel better I don't know it's like it's it's small but it actually and one of the participants said this it leads to a ripple effect
0: as and you said
1: that, that's what was
0: in my mind. Yeah, effect. yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. And oh, it's I'm only on. So as we're recording this, I'm on day nine of the project and it's going to last for the whole month. So mm-hmm. it's going to last 31 days. And um, it's been amazing. I can. Oh, It's just it's really hard for me to own it and say, you know, I'm holding this space for everyone to explore this big topic. Um, but I'm really trying to be okay with it and just sit in that space and know that and this is really at the heart of what this project has shown each one of us makes a difference in a small way based on our unique strengths and we don't need to fill in all the gaps you know if we all come together we all play to our strengths we all show up as ourselves we make that one difference and someone else can make that other difference Mm -hmm if that makes sense. That's what I'm learning, I think, from running Beautiful. this project. It's, it's, it's like a chain reaction. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that's the beauty of um, community. And I would even go one step further. I, I keep saying this word and I'm like, soon people are going to be sick of me saying this, <laughs> but ecosystem, because yes, it's, yes. it's not, quote unquote, just community. It's a collective of people who are, moving almost symbiotically and fueling this or nourishing fertile ground for each member of that ecosystem Mm. to bloom Mm. in the way they are supposed to
1: yes yes exactly exactly it's so so beautiful and if we don't talk about it if we can't own it then yeah we can't empower others to own it as well i think
0: Absolutely.
1: And also that, that negative connotation of being idealistic is that you have all these grand ideas that don't come to fruition, mm-hmm. I suppose. And this helps with that as well, because you can be idealistic, but you can just focus on your little bit of it that you're good at. I don't know. I'm, it's really hard for me to put into words exactly what I mean, but hopefully it's coming across. <laughs> it's definitely coming across. And I'm going to
0: challenge you uh, to hold off from saying i might not be explaining this properly or whatever because <laughs> you so are yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's okay. not just because we've had conversations before and i've been on your um podcast um but you you really are and with that i'd like to ask i miss might be a bit of a tricky question that it doesn't matter if there has to be a bit of silence before you answer, okay. or you might just be like, Oh, yes, it's da, 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 da. <laughs> but which limiting belief is now serving you well? So, which former limiting belief is now serving you well?
1: Can you give me an example of what you mean? So,
0: for example. I used to have big limiting beliefs about my maturity. I would always think I'm too playful, I'm too Mm. gesticular, and really try to curb myself, which just meant that I put myself in paralysis and didn't do what I wanted to do, because I would be like, nobody is going to take me seriously because I'm too playful, I'm too gesticular. But After personal development, having some coaching, and really taking time to sit still and allow myself to feel feelings and try to distance myself so I wasn't judging myself, then judging myself for judging myself, what I came to realize, no, what I came to understand, because people would say this to me all the time and I would refute it, almost telling myself that people don't know what they're talking about what I now know and fully understand is that part of my thing is my playfulness and my Mm. gesticulation. Mm -hmm. And now that I am okay with being playful and funny, what I deem to be funny, um, I'm actually able to, I'm actually able to understand that that, is part of my vitality. That's what makes me feel like I'm living.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. I have, I mean, I could answer that based on what I literally just said about being idealistic, but I suppose that's part of the wider picture of being an introvert. And sometimes I think that going on about the powers of being an introvert sounds a bit like, you know, everyone's talking about this at the moment. Mm -hmm. But it really is true. I don't know. I mean, for me, things like wanting to spend time alone, being in my head all the time, always, you know, being really, you know, I don't know if that's the right word, but like analytical mm-hmm. and, you know, digging deeper into things, but in my own head and not necessarily talking it out. You know, this stuff I've seen as really uh, antisocial, um, not very helpful, all of this, blah, blah, blah. But now I am, I am own as an introvert, you can, you've got a superpower. You are really good at listening for one, mm-hmm. which is great for being on a podcast. Um, and you're really good at spending time on your own and thinking deeply about stuff. And we need, we need really deep thinkers. And obviously that is not to say that extroverts don't think deeply, like that could easily be construed as that. And it, that's not what I mean, but I don't know. I just think I'm really trying to own the fact that I like my time alone and I've just literally written down as one of my core business values is solitude which I just think wow that took me a long time to own that but Mm -hmm. yes I need that solitude. Um, Solitude in the sense that I'm spending time alone really intentionally not Mm -hmm. lonely but Mm -hmm. on my own in a good way. Big difference. Yeah exactly exactly Um, and yeah I've just I think the whole listening thing is actually really important. Like you can be quite an observer of things, even if you don't want to talk, or even if you don't want to go out sometimes when you do, you can observe a lot. And I think that then that feeds back into whatever you're creating. And it is a superpower. Okay. And obviously the extroverts have all the loads of superpowers too, but I'm just trying to focus on that was my limiting belief about being an introvert. Yeah, And I do try, try and push myself out of my comfort zone so that's not to say that you know if I don't want to go out all the time I'll always stay home but I am more okay with saying you know I need to introvert for a bit I'm okay with saying that to people now
0: that's how we recharge yeah and I, I love what you were um what you um were saying about um you know being authentic and all of that kind of stuff and no about your values you were talking about your um values and and solitude solitude being Mm -hmm. one of your values and Mm -hmm. and owning that um and that's similar that's like my playfulness yeah it's taken a very very like I grew up being told off because like my dad would say Tammy you're not serious your head is full of play Mm -hmm. so I Mm -hmm. had that kind of thing really drummed into me and now I own that play is a vital part of charging my batteries um For the first time last week, Friday, um, I went with my friend Greg, who is also um, a personal trainer and I go to one of his boot camps. I went to a climbing wall with him and I had such a great time and it was a great afternoon of play. But when I first got there, climbing the wall was really difficult. Like I've got a fear of heights and all of that, but that wasn't even it because actually to look at the wall wasn't that high. And even Mm. when I was at the top of the wall, it didn't feel like, Oh my goodness, vertigo. But growing up being told that my head is full of play, I play too much. And also being female and being brought up, being told that because I'm, I'm I'm 42. I was born in 1977. So in the eighties, climbing and all of that sort of stuff was definitely for boys and I was definitely told that girls don't do that that's not what girls do so at the climbing um place for the first few 15 minutes I was battling my um like those unconscious beliefs came to the surface and I was battling that thing about this is not what I'm supposed to do um And once I was able to realise that actually, in order to climb, you've got to fully connect your head and your body. Once I was able to do that, I was in my flow state and I was having such a great time, literally chasing flow then. Um, But it's it's counterintuitive because what you said is so important about solitude being different from being lonely, Mm, because mm -hmm. we're brought up or society kind of conflates solitude with loneliness, when Mm. actually that's where you're able to charge up.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've just got me thinking actually talking about playfulness I suppose I've always had a story that I've been too serious and I think that part of that comes from you know hiding away and spending Mm. time on my own and things like that and perhaps sort of embracing the seriousness or for you embracing the playfulness actually it brings in part of the opposite in a certain way because I don't know. It's really you're hard for me to explain, it. but you're like holding it lightly, and just if I embrace the fact that yes, I am like I like thinking. Um, it's and great. That's, My mind okay. is one of the best places yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you know what? You, I've, I've thought of just in us having this conversation, um, and and it's it's made me think about a conversation. My friend's husband. Um, Eddie, he's a photographer, and I will put his link, um, EO Photography, uh, uh, in the show notes. He was taking pictures at my first anniversary live podcast event, and he was saying it's so funny because when you smile, your whole your whole face lights up, and then you quickly, and then you just um, just as quickly go into seriousness, and your whole face is really really serious, um, and and literally. That is me. Like, I'm a walking, talking, I guess, contradiction. So, I could be having a really serious conversation. Okay, classic. I could be doing a speaking event and I'm having a really serious conversation about limiting beliefs. And then, midway through, I'll remember a limiting belief, which I find humorous. And then I'll be laughing at my own joke whilst talking (laughs) about this very serious topic. And previously, I would have been like, afterwards, I would have been berating myself, you can't do that. That was a serious conversation, blah, 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 blah. But actually, you need you need both. We can't just be serious all the time or playful all the time. Otherwise, life is really, it's either really boring, or you've got no foundation.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. Allowing yourself to just have both and whenever... At the, whatever timing works like not performing it yes
0: and that is authentic so people ask me questions about how am I my authentic self well firstly your authentic self isn't stagnant it's multifaceted just like you are so when you're having your um serious no when you're having your moment of solitude that is you being authentic and when you're holding space for a huge community project spanning over 31 <laughs> days that is equally you being authentic
1: yeah 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 and when I disappear from the internet for a bit afterwards that's me being authentic too <laughs> yeah
0: and you know what I love about your disappearances Ruth there's no great big I'm taking a break from social media
1: <laughs> like it's literally I'm ghost bye and then you come and, back when yeah. you're ready I love but it you- You know what, sometimes I want to come on and apologise, but um, I'm thinking really carefully about that now. You know, I don't need to come and apologise. I often come on and share just because I think it's useful, and especially because I do talk about this whole, like, running a business and being an introvert thing. So it is useful for me to, like, note it. But that's more what it is, noting but not apologising.
0: Yes. And it's funny, I was thinking about that today. Um, I hardly posted on Instagram last week I just didn't feel like it um and I I I nearly started off a post saying um I've been a bit quiet on here mm-hmm. and I was thinking I'm as I was about to type it I thought you're just doing that because you've seen that being done but mm-hmm. when I see mm-hmm. people do that I'm like fuck that you don't owe anyone an explanation like it's social media it is not as if you're letting clients down or you're not doing what you need to do and it it did make me think why do we feel the need to apologize creating a environment when then people feel like they've got ownership of you
1: Mm. yeah that's interesting it's it's, it's not
0: that deep yo okay (laughs) i'm going to shift into being the main earner in your household. So um, you've got a child, you're married. It doesn't matter what we're saying online. The reality is caring and everything that falls underneath that umbrella tends to fall to women. Yeah. And it's really interesting, actually. I've in my week of not really posting that much on social media I've still been bouncing around and something I've found quite often is um the number of women who are leaving work or like leaving employment becoming freelance so that they have more time for their children at the beginning stages which a a number of the women that I've seen talking in this way are you work quite a lot because you're getting something off the ground but they're still talking about doing all the dinners and doing all the child caring and 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 whatnot and I'm like wow it's really interesting we're having these conversations about flexible working but we're not doing the flexibility within our homes Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so I wanted to ask about being the main breadwinner yeah and being a mum because your son he's still very little isn't he
1: yeah yeah and it's kind of good timing you asking this question I don't know if you can hear him but he's downstairs uh screaming a bit oh gosh no hi little (laughs) one
0: don't worry I won't keep your mum for too long
1: yeah he's 19 months and he's going through a bit of a um difficult sleeping phase so he's a bit grouchy but my um his dad's with him downstairs Mm -hmm. so yeah um but yeah hopefully it's not too distracting I can't hear it at all okay good good (laughs) um
0: so yeah what were we saying um I was asking how is it working out being even though we talk about you know gender equality and all of that kind of stuff it's not really panning out in the home so how is it working with you being the main earner and being the mother but oh ouch a very little
1: child yeah yeah well uh it's 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 something that I really want to talk about more but I'm not sure how I even feel about it in all ways yet but I do think it's a really important conversation to have um and sometimes I shy away from talking about it just because I know that most people who follow me aren't in this situation but then I tell myself that's exactly why I need to talk about it Mm -hmm. um and I will say straight off the bat now I um rubbish at doing anything around the house now. That's not to say I still don't carry a lot of emotional labor because mm-hmm. I do in terms of you know fixing the calendar and you know having things in my head, but I've literally had to just become okay with not doing stuff around the house and things falling on my husband and because of the way we're all raised and my husband is a feminist, but he was still raised in this, you know, patriarchal society with these Mm -hmm. very specific gender roles. Mm -hmm. He, um, doesn't have the same, uh, capacity or what's the word? Like he doesn't notice things, you know, you know what it's Mm -hmm. like. I'm sure Mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. He doesn't notice everything. So I'm having to try and learn to be okay with that. And he cooks dinner every night. Um, and he's looking after our son more than i am and um he's sort of taking care of the house <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i just want to say that because uh, to run my business and to be starting my new business the way i am i just can't like i I was getting by on carrying a lot of the household stuff mm-hmm. at the same time before having a child. But since having a child, I just can't because my business is basically a full-time job. I don't necessarily do it full-time all the time, but it's basically a full-time job. Yeah, And I can't, you know, be cleaning the house and doing the dinner and I just can't. Like, it's impossible. And I've read a few articles from other women who have sort of really really been honest about this and I, it has made me think yes thank you it sounds mm-hmm. so simple just admitting that you don't cook dinner or something but actually and and it also feels a bit like why are we talking about this but because we shouldn't have to it's 2019 but at the same time we do have to so maybe I should just, um, tell you some of these articles I read. Um, there was one by, uh, Denise Duffield Thomas. Oh, that's the first
0: person that came to mind. Yeah. Yeah. I've got it
1: up. I've actually got it up in a tab on my laptop so I can look at it. It's called I'm a self-made millionaire and this is exactly how much help I have at home. Mm. And she basically says, and this got some people's backs up, but I totally, I totally understand why she phrased it like this. She says she's basically needed to hire herself a wife in the form of housekeepers cleaners yeah. and all this i'm not saying that i have all that in my life but i really really appreciate the fact that she talked about that so openly Yeah. because that and if you flip it around for you know most men they're only able to achieve what they achieve because they have a wife exactly. taking care and um, obviously they don't all have wives but or you know what partner i'm saying or su- the generalization they don't have the domestic it's the domestic yeah and mm-hmm. it's the life admin and obviously this is kind of like heteronormative way to talk about it as well because obviously everyone's in a heterosexual relationship but what I mean is it's that support like whether you have kids or not but especially when you have kids having that support is what allows people to achieve in other areas and you just can't do it all like you just can't and
0: or you can do a bit of everything and do it
1: yeah shit yeah and worry about it all the time yeah
0: and mediocrity is not going to get you the results
1: you want. Yeah. And it's really hard. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy for me. And like I said, we've me and my husband have got different standards about what needs to get done around the house. And I'll admit some of that is me being too controlling, mm-hmm. maybe. But some of that is him being raised in this society and not noticing things that need to be done mm-hmm. or seeing his dad sitting around and his mum doing everything, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So, and we've got a son and I'm really mindful of what he's going to see. And hopefully you know, my husband, it's not all, it's 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 difficult for him as well, because he, he has people make assumptions about mm-hmm. how much he looks after our mm-hmm. son. And he has people make assumptions about how he just can, you know, have free time whenever he wants, you know, go to meetings, whatever. And he can't, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he, I don't think that people would make the same assumptions on mothers. So it's really interesting, actually, to see it from both sides. Yeah. And he's got, he's got like, Unle- a lot of unlearning to do and a lot of figuring out and paving his own way. He doesn't have anyone modeling it for him. And I yeah. feel the same. I don't have anyone modeling yeah. it, it for almost me feels either. It's
0: counterintuitive because of the way we've been raised.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. And sometimes it gets to me, you know, sometimes someone will make a comment about my husband being a breadwinner or whatever. It annoys me because they're just they making say, well, an isn't assumption. He good. Oh, yeah, they do say that. And you know what? I do think he's a good father, but. It doesn't like that's the that should be the expectation. That's the given. Yeah. That's what it is for women. In fact, women have a higher expectation. They're supposed to be the perfect, perfect wife and mother and also perfect in other aspects of their life. It's impossible. Yes. Yeah.
0: I was reading something. I I didn't read the thing. There was a post on Twitter where a journalist said in the American. Whatever running for president, whatever they call their campaigning doodah, whatever they were saying that um, women, women that were running for the democratic race or something like that, I can't remember what it was, but what mm-hmm. they were saying is women running in whatever political race it was were being asked who's looking after their children yeah, whilst yeah, they're exactly. doing this. Mm-hmm. So the journalist decided to ask the men who was looking mm-hmm. after their children. Um, and I bookmarked it to read it later, but it, it, it really is very interesting. like yeah. Even when I'm out and about and people will say, um, who's looking after your daughter, well, she's not home alone, is she? Like, come on, like, <laughs> stop, stop asking silly questions yeah, yeah, yeah. that are, or not, not even stop asking silly questions, because that's my annoyance. But yeah, stop asking, no, start asking yourself the question, why am I going to ask this woman this question?
1: Yeah, yeah. And not, and not, and not the man, the man because yeah.
0: th- those questions are not um, asked of men. And I um, remember reading um, Denise Duffield Thomas, "Get Rich Lucky, <clears throat> Get Rich Lucky Bitch," and she was mm-hmm. talking about um, something along the lines of why would she be cleaning when she could be making money? Yeah, <laughs> straight up and down. Let's not start dressing things up. Yeah. If you know, for example, your time is worth let's just say £100 an hour, why would you spend in your working day, for example, one hour doing washing up and putting away when you could be making money during that time? Yeah. Equally, why would you know that you are on the verge of burnout, you are really knackered, but prioritise cleaning when you need to be resting? And I know it's very difficult. You'll be thinking, oh my goodness, there's this mess. I don't have a right to go to sleep Mm -hmm. when there's this mess there. But actually, if you're rested, you'll have more energy to be able to do that rather than staying up later to do something domestic and then still waking up early to do and and just running through your day depleted.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Furthermore,
0: how about thinking Well, if I gave myself the opportunity to maximise this work, um, this piece of work, and I'm not talking about the the depletion, addiction, productivity end of the scale, but if you know if you had three hours more on this particular day, you would be able to create this much more revenue... It might be wise to think, actually, hiring a cleaner is going to cost X, but I will still have X amount of revenue. Therefore, it's not a false economy for me to get a cleaner. It's actually an investment for me to get a cleaner, for example.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. But, you know, the interesting thing is I've wanted to get a cleaner for ages and I still haven't got one. And I've still definitely got a thing in my head about, about the cleaning and about what people think. And, and when people come round and it's a mess, I always think that's a reflection of me and it's not a reflection of my husband. And oh, gosh. whether that's what people say to me, they don't. But it is what society says. Mm-hmm. And, and women should do the cleaning. And mm-hmm. but you know what? I really, really, I need to get a cleaner because I think that it'd be good for our marriage as well, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it will cut down moaning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's exactly. so
0: interesting. A few years ago... Um, I worked with a lady that has, uh, she had a two bedroom flat um, and she had a cleaner. And I just couldn't understand. I was very judgmental. Let me be very honest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was very judgmental. I was like, why do you need a cleaner with a two bedroom flat? Like, I don't understand why you need a cleaner. And we were working uh, social work is very demanding. There are yeah. lots of late nights. And even if you're not having a late work night out and about, you were often taking work home. And she said, I don't want to have been in a situation where I may have been in court all day. I may have then had to go and remove children from their families, which was really traumatic. Go and place them in a foster placement in the middle of God knows where, and then come home and start wiping surfaces. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, actually... Oh it doesn't matter yeah. the size of your house if you can if you can afford it and, ma- yeah. and it makes you're not um compromising on essential things then it makes perfect sense we're not living in the 1950s we can't keep judging ourselves by 1950s standards
1: yeah yeah and that just shows how important it is to really be honest with yourself about mm, your little values. things that make yeah your values and little things that just make your life easier like and that set you your mindset and your space up for just doing the best that you can
0: Mm -hmm. even with what you were saying in the beginning about mindset being a crucial part of your business mindset work takes work so (laughs) if you are freeing up time to be able to do that and you're freeing up time in a way which means you're not sitting in mess trying to do mindset work in the midst of chaos you've actually Mm. hired somebody to do that which has given you more space to do the mindset work which allows your business to flourish Mm. it's a worthy investment
1: yeah yeah definitely and you're just you're just getting really clear on your priorities as well aren't you just knowing you know I prioritize I prioritize this this thing being taken off my plate more than I prioritize doing it myself or the money that it would cost me to pay someone else to do it so I just think yeah I love that so simple but it's not easy is it
0: it's not easy but the thing is it is simple we make it more complex and I think our natural propensity to make things more complex is what makes simple things appear not to be Mm, mm -hmm. and and with that in mind as you were saying about the cleaner and what it means to have a cleaner and what it says about you, that thinking has made me really resistant. But yesterday I thought, Do you know what? Sod it. Randomly I opened up Facebook and there was an advert for a local mm. cleaning company mm-hmm. giving quotations. So I filled out the quotation form and somebody's going to come round on Thursday to um, give a proper quote, because I just think, you know what? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I I just, even if in the interim, because, you know, I don't have a six-figure business, I'm not having 10K months yet, but in order for me to get there, I can't be fanning around wiping skirting boards, do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like That time could be meant creating products and services, so I'd much rather... And um, do that. And, and you can do it in an incremental way. Will I be yeah, having yeah. a cleaner coming in um, more than once a week? No, I won't. And will the cleaner be cleaning everything I want them to clean? Not at the moment, because I don't have the budget for that. But we're going yeah. to start somewhere and we're going to build.
1: Yes. Yeah. Love that. And obviously, like Denise Duffield Thomas didn't just one day get a housekeeper Like make her breakfast. Exactly. I mean, (laughs) she started off getting a, you know, sporadic cleaner and built up from there.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So we need to allow ourselves um, to do that. So, um, Ruth, please, could you share some of the resources you tap into, such as books, podcasts, blogs or whatever, for your mindset work?
1: Um I would say a book I read recently that I recommend to everyone um is Company of one by paul Jarvis Ooh, that's and been it really recommended so many yeah times. yeah it's it's it is really quite philosophical take on on keeping a business small, but he really it's not small in the sense that you you know you're don't, you're not ambitious it's just small in the sense that you know what you want and you do it within this framework, and you can still grow you know financially or whatever, but you mm-hmm, keep it mm-hmm. within with what feels good and that has made a lot of impact on how I'm thinking about my business and Mm -hmm. and it's given me permission to you know own this kind of what I do want and what I don't want Mm um I mean if you're an introvert I just for me reading books like for example quiet by susan kane about being an introvert, that that was really empowering to me i i think like most introverts have probably read that book by now but when i first read it it was so empowering mm-hmm. um it took me a while to like put two and two together and like apply it <laughs> to my business but yeah <laughs> it was um uh, yeah really empowering um I don't know. I've read so many books lately. I just recently, I'm going to say one I read recently because it's just what's in my head. I I recently read one called Do Less by Kate Northrup and it kind of speaks to what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I had read that before having a child, that would have been so useful. Just it's all about giving yourself permission, honoring your energy, giving yourself permission not to do things and really just being really mindful about what your priorities are. Mm -hmm. And it sounds, again, really simple But I always remember when you came on my podcast, you talked about how we often become like martyrs, like women often are like martyr themselves. And I think that's it. And this book is really making me so mindful of when I'm doing that and just to think, hang on a minute, no, it's okay. I don't need to do that or I don't need Mm. to do it in that way or I can get someone else to help me with that. So, yeah, I would really recommend that. And um, in terms of podcasts, I don't know. I listen to so many podcasts. Yeah. I'm struggling to think at the moment. I will say actually with podcasts, I go through real phases sometimes. And I'm I'm kind of in this phase at the moment where I have to stop listening to businessy podcasts. And I think that's okay. That's another thing I've kind of become okay with lately like going through seasons of consuming all the information and then going through seasons of not listening, even yes. to my absolute favourites yes. and just thinking, I've got this information and I'm going to trust my intuition and think, what do I really think about this? So I'm kind of in that phase at the moment.
0: Absolutely. Because otherwise, you just become a mishmash of everybody else's thoughts Yeah, fears. yeah. Um, and it's useful
1: at times, but yeah, not always. Not <laughs>
0: always. It, not always. Uh, something that I would recommend is that people sign up to your um, mailing list mm-hmm. so they can obtain a copy of your Quiet Visibility oh, download yeah. guide Thank workbook thingy. Mm-hmm. Because um, I think that gives just gives you space to breathe easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's basically my whole lessons I've learned about being an introvert in business. It resonated with a lot of people. That was really yeah. interesting to see yeah. the response.
0: Yeah, yeah. De- definite, definite. So, um, apart from um joining your mailing list to um receive their your quiet visibility um download, do you have anything coming up that people can book on, sign up to, or whatever?
1: Um well, at the moment I'm running my community project called the Everyday Difference, which I know may be finished by the time this episode goes out but there's going to be an ebook of the whole project mm. and the response I've been getting to that has been amazing so if you go to the dot com, you'll be its able to own find that
0: internet house it redirects to my main okay. website but yeah
1: yeah <laughs> it's because actually I bought that domain for other purposes and (laughs) that's a story for another day probably but I never ended up using it and it just felt right that then I came up with this project idea and I ended up using it yeah yeah so I would say sign up to that um but yeah that's it mainly I think that I can think of
0: And um, website address and social media handles.
1: Yeah, my website is ruthpoundwhite.com. My podcast is called Creatively Human and the info is on my website. And I'm mainly on Instagram at ruthpoundwhite.
0: Brilliant. Ruth Poundwhite, thank you so much for your time. There were other places that I wanted to go, but we just ended up naturally (laughs) bouncing into a really rich conversation um, that was what it was supposed to be. So thank you for your candor thank you for your time and um i look forward to nose diving into the everyday difference project Mm
1: -hmm. thanks tammy thank
0: you thank you for listening to 360 conversations i appreciate you sharing your precious time with my guest and i i hope you found the episode useful I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review my podcast. Like an increasing number of our digital experiences, the algorithms rule. Your feedback will assist me reaching a wider audience and I'd really love to have more women being privy to or joining these conversations. The feedback I get following each episode is beautiful and tells me more women could benefit. As always, I'd love to keep the conversation going. You can join me by commenting on the podcast show notes on my website or via social media at Live360. I hope to engage with you soon. Podcast produced by me, Tammy Thomas.
1: Podcast music produced by James Anderson. Take care.